1: Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in game mods on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com to start winning.
2: This thing on. See, now I'm getting mad. Bill's podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Rock Power Report Podcast. I am your host, Bill's season ticket holder Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. And we are here looking ahead to this weekend's football game. Chris, one of my favorite developments of the past week has been this Patrick Mahomes family TikTok stuff.
1: I hate TikTok.
2: Last week, we named Mahomes one of the people who had it worse than Bills fans. Not just because he was losing, but because his family tree is littered with losers who care more about social media fame and clout than, I don't know, maybe not exacerbating the negative spotlight on him for their own nonsense. It's crazy. The world wouldn't know who his fiancé or his brother are if it wasn't for the fact that Patrick Mahomes has spent the last three years setting the NFL on fire. Now that he's in dire straits, you'd think they'd want to, I don't know, do whatever they can to keep their, their gravy train on the tracks. Chris, why would you why would you rock the boat?
1: I don't know. The, to me, to me, they Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are bring similarities of uh, uh, Chris Farley from Black Sheep or <laughs> <laughs> Mike Donald. He's like. Patrick Mahomes, he's like the governor of of Washington, and then Jackson is just Chris Farley just being stupid on TikTok. It's like the same same concept.
2: Uh, You'd you think they'd want to support Pat when he's at the darkest point of his professional career. And yet there's videos of his fiance and his idiot brother twerking and hand-jiving in a Mexican restaurant while Mahomes just looks on with this disinterested, almost just like... Chris, almost like he doesn't know how the hell... You know that look on your face that you have when you're out on a date with a girl? Now, you've done this far more recently than I have. Yeah. When you go on a date with a girl for the first time and she starts talking about something that you couldn't give a single shit less about and you just have that thousand-yard, like, Rambo stare and you're just thinking to yourself, how did I get here? What What did I do wrong? That's his face in every one of these videos. But they include him in it because, again, Chris, it'd be one thing if it was just a blonde chick and some lanky kid with curly hair dancing in a Mexican restaurant. But it's cool if Patrick Mahomes is in the background, right? Yeah. And yet in every instance, he couldn't give a shit less. He doesn't want to be there. All he's trying to do, he can't even go out and just take in the simple joy of tacos without these narcissists pandering for the attention of strangers on the internet at his expense it's a shit show of the highest order and I'm starting to genuinely feel bad for Patrick Mahomes and I I, want to say, that's what I hate about social media people use it for a lot of reasons but there's a growing segment of our society that thinks that it exists to fulfill some missing sense of validation or acceptance, or worth, like hey, if enough people like this video of me dancing, it must mean that I'm good, or it must mean that I'm cool, or it must, I, I don't know, I don't understand it. And that's wild to me, because it's a dude who's had these teeth, and used to be, what, damn near 350 pounds, and who literally looked like the nutty professor? You'd think I'd be the one thirsty for acceptance. And instead, I'm so comfortable in my own skin that it's off-putting to everybody else. I just can't connect with this Instagram and TikTok generation. And I really feel bad for Patrick Mahomes. And yet, here I am, Chris. You said you hate TikTok. Yeah. I can't even, I don't even understand the concept of it. And yet the guys from Cover One are going to make a go of
3: it. With all due respect, and remember, I'm saying with all due respect, that idea ain't worth a velvet painting of a whale and a dolphin getting it on.
2: <laughs> no, that's not a joke. Greg and Aaron from Cover One now have a TikTok. They're live.
1: We won't have TikTok, I'll tell you that.
2: It's wild to me. Because from what I can tell, it's an app literally designed for young people. People with dance moves. People with sex appeal. And let's face it, those guys are painfully lacking in both of those categories. The best things visually about their show is Greg's laser-guided hair parts.
1: And his mahogany.
2: All the mahogany behind him. And the look on Anthony Prohaska's face whenever they make a wrestling reference. He looks like a kid on Christmas morning, and that just, like, that hits me in the feels. And I guess the Uncle Jumbo's cans are pretty cool. Yeah, now they're going to be on TikTok. Chris, maybe we'll make it. Maybe we'll get a huge following. Maybe it'll take off like Dogecoin and go straight to the moon. I got Doge. Hopefully, without them attempting to... I mean, I don't know anything about TikTok, so I had to Google what the latest trends are. Hopefully, it doesn't involve any of this. First of all, life hacks, right? That's popular on TikTok. It's usually just people coming up with interesting but more complicated ways to do everyday bullshit that actually isn't that hard. Some of it I just won't do. Like one of them was like, here's a way for you to lock the bathroom, more securely lock the bathroom door when you're in public taking a poop. Chris, if I'm ever taking a dump in public, I don't care if that door falls open or not that door flies open, it's it's worse for all of you than it is for me.
1: That would just ruin the rest of my life.
2: <laughs> There's also something called the Big Bank Challenge that just looks like women showing off their asses set to music. Uh, some trend where girls try to show off their silhouettes while wearing underwear in a doorway with a red light behind them. Chris, can you imagine Greg backlit? In his boxers in a doorway trying to look seductive. We're talking about quarterback pressure rates. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure he'll throw... Chris, non-zero chance. He's trying to explain that.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Well, he's... it's, it's, It's appalling to me. I genuinely don't want to see any of that from two dudes in their 40s. Or at least one guy in his 40s and another guy who just looks like he's in his 40s. Now, if... They've got football takes to spare and can make it visually appealing without having to strip down to their underwear like the kids are doing these days. Maybe it'll work for them. I'd argue you should all, if you're into this TikTok stuff, go give them a shot, <laughs> give it a chance. But if I see a single one of them twerking, Chris, if I find out that in order to chase TikTok clout, Greg Thompson is twerking, I'll set I'll set everything on fire. Are you ever going to dance in front of a camera for social media? I mean, I would, and I have. Yeah, The heat is on Pikachu video. Do you think you would do that on a regular basis? If on, a da- you're...
1: on a daily basis? No. <laughs> I have better things to do.
2: What was it that spawned that in the first place?
1: It was Benton's birthday. So uh, my girl got a... Uh, a like a Pikachu costume that had like a fan in it so it just blew up and uh, so yeah so I put it on to test it to make sure it works and we put on um, why the heat you know, is on because the heat is on I'm a hot dancer
0: <laughs>
2: why, why else what other songs there to use see I save my dancing abilities for weddings usually after I've had a few
1: I got a video of it yes you do
2: I, and for those of you who might doubt me I, I literally won a dance off while leaving the mud lot parking lot outside of a Bills game that not only squashed what was gonna be a drunken fist fight, but also had a bus, a legitimate school bus, full of people who were pissed off at me just minutes before, giving me high fives as I ran by out the down the, past the windows, like it was some like like teen movie from the nineties. Now it's a story that is. <laughs> On my mother's life is 100% true, but it's also one we got to save for another day. Now, if you're interested in hearing it, tweet at us at Rockpub Report, let me know. Maybe I'll break it out next week. But with that, we got to jump into the meat and potatoes of tonight's show, and that's our week nine preview the Buffalo Bills at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard, the place, TIAA Bank Stadium. The weather, partly cloudy in 68. Chris, they consider that cold. No, it's not cold. But not for us here. That's gorgeous weather. And the line, the Buffalo Bills are 14-point favorites. It's their first time being favored by double digits in more than two games in the same season. The officiating crew is going to be Land Clark, which sounds like a made-up name. Completely falsified. I don't believe that man exists. And who's on the call, Chris?
1: Andrew Catalan again, along with... James Lofton. Seagram's bet. Over under five and a half states that the game is played in.
2: Oh, see, I feel like this is a garbage enough game, but there's no way this makes it to five states.
1: I, Unless. Oh, I'm oh, the,
2: wait, whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa. I'm taking, I'd take the over.
2: Does, what time does New England play? One o'clock. Okay, so. We know that Massachusetts and all these other little bullshit states that don't actually count. Like, honestly, if the union wanted to bulldoze them and just shove them into the ocean, they could. They don't matter. You're saying five states.
1: Five and a half. I'll take the over.
2: Done. I'll shake on that.
1: Just pound it. Yeah. There we go. Five and a half states. (sighs) Based on the first release Wednesday.
2: (sighs) I can't wait to win this Seagrass bet. All right. Guys, I talk about all the time about how I hold grudges. It's why every year I'm good for a 10 minute rant about Dan Snyder or just a lot of well timed jokes about the Cleveland Browns. And honestly, I think I hate the Jacksonville Jaguars. I've reached that point.
1: Now, how can like, you hate an owner with that mustache? <laughs>
2: He looks like he wants to be Mario. Like, he wants to be Mario. Some people might hear me say I hate them and wonder not just why, but how. I mean, typically when you have that kind of animosity towards another football team, Chris, aren't they a divisional opponent? Someone you see a lot. Yeah. Not just someone you play all the time, but it's usually someone who's competitive in a way that it deprives you of something. And yet... Here's these scumbags in aqua and black helmets, and I can't help but feel my blood pressure increase every time we talk about them. Let's run it down real quick, because I don't think you can blame me. First of all, they're directly responsible for the unceremonious end to Jim Kelly's career here in Buffalo. I'll never forget that. They started a massive fist fight with our team. and it, Well, it ended with our, def- with our defense just kicking them in the teeth and stopping their asses over the last 10 minutes of that game. I'm still mad about it. You, th- what? you had a running back who thought he could punk us, and your team got his back. Well, we showed you what was up. Part of my disdain for the Browns is rooted in how much god-awful football they conspired with the Bills to force into my eyeballs. And the Jaguars are almost as bad. In 20, okay, let's go back to the very beginning, 2007, the Bills were trailing by five, 19-14. And then the Jaguars put up 17 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to blow us out. And I remember thinking I was just going to pump fake the remote, Chris, I had it in my hand, I was so mad, and I'm like, girl, I did the fake throw thing, but I also had enough to drink that it just came out of my hand, and it exploded. Now the remote's broken, I can't turn the TV off, and so I just shut the lights off and unplugged it and just sat in the dark for about 20 minutes. (laughs) Look, I'll I'll never forget that moment. There's the disastrous game in London that we joke about all the time about how it ruined our ability to do game day podcasts. That game showed us why we can't. E.J. Manuel spots the Jaguars' defense 21 points, brings us back only to get screwed by the officials on a phantom PI call leaving me irate and champagne drunk at 11 o'clock in the morning. They proceeded to put out the most boring playoff game that I've ever seen. Chris, one of the worst NFL, most anticlimactic playoff games. Do you remember that? 10 to 3. 10 to 3. Boring. 10 to 3, and they only scored their touchdown late in the fourth quarter. That game was just, it's almost like it never happened. That's how little emotion I have about it. And then to make things worse, they beat us only to choke to New England a few weeks later. I genuinely dislike the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're bad, and always have been, and hopefully they'll continue to be. The What's funny about this is that in terms of disasters in the state of Florida... The Dolphins have actually managed to dominate the headlines. And I guess you could argue that that's deserved. Chris, their front office has really botched all this. I, do you think that Miami would be taking all the heat in the state of Florida for shitty football? Considering both their teams only have one win.
1: That'd be correct. I
2: mean, well, what are they? Two and what? I think they're both two and six.
1: The Dolphins? No,
2: Both the Dolphins and the Jaguars.
1: They're yeah. Bo- they're, they're both well, no. only
2: one win teams.
1: Yeah, correct.
2: Yet the Dolphins take more shit, and I think that that's because of their ownership situation in this whole Deshaun Watson fiasco. Correct? Yeah. Okay. Because it's not like the Jaguars have been much better. In the same state as a football team that literally has the same record, and the same hilariously bad coaching gaffes, and the same lack of NFL production, the Jaguars have managed to skate criticism. (laughs) But they've also managed to be consistent in a few places— compared to the Jerkoffs and Teal across the, across the state who can't put anything together. And so it's interesting to talk about them in comparison to one another. I mean, Jacksonville hadn't won a game in over a calendar year until they beat the Dolphins. And now Buffalo comes to town to show that the Jaguars need to respect at least one of our AFC East teams. But honestly, has anyone watched enough about the Jaguars to know much other than what the stats can tell us? Probably not, at least I hope not. Luckily, we've got friends in low places, and with that,
0: we bring in the guys from Down by the Bank. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: The down by the bank boys here with us tonight on the podcast, gentlemen. How are you doing?
3: We're good, man. We're fantastic, are good. fantastic. Absolutely. Happy to be back again for like what three or four? Ah, shit, I don't know. I mean, between all the uh,
2: the banner back and forth.
3: It's good, man. Thanks for having us again.
2: No, of course. For those of you who do, who haven't been paying attention over the years, longtime Jaguars podcast—they're the OGs, and at least my opinion, they've been around since before we existed. We hooked up with them, and we've been going back and forth about Jaguars and Bill's bullshit for as long as I can remember. Yeah, we we've been talking smack to each other since the Rex Ryan days. That's that's how I know that. They, <laughs> that's how yep. I know.
3: Yeah. And then your boy with the bologna sandwiches came down and took us to the, uh, almost took us to the promised land, so.
2: Yeah, yeah, Moraine, Doug Marone. Bologna. So we've shared this weird connection, and one of the coolest things I love is that you guys are new additions to the Blue Wire podcast family. I mean, did, did we did we steer you guys astray, or are you guys enjoying it so far?
4: We love it. You know, we love being part of the, the, the network, and um, this was something that, you know, we had debated about like for the last two years of, you know, should join a network. We've had a, a couple of offers, but looking at Blue Wire and how they're growing, I mean, just absolutely, you know, fantastic, you know,
3: network, fantastic work. So we're, we're glad to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, they, and the, the the content creators and then this opportunity where we can do like cross pods like this with other teams that are playing the Jags or however we can provide any type of insight to the Jags is something that's always, you know, welcomed. And uh, but I mean, the only thing I'm, is I'm trying to get down to that studio, I'm trying to get down to, to, to the win, you know, get me a couple of gambling credits, maybe a couple of Then we, we,
2: we, need, we need to make that happen. Blue wire. Do, do, I'll tell you what. Let's let's see if we can figure out how to get all out there on the same weekend. We'll really raise some hell
3: now. Oh, man, they, they, uh, we, we, they would they would kick us off. Kick us off. <laughs>
2: hey, but what a way to go. What a right. way to go.
3: Now, hey, you, you get there,
4: there's a reason why I have not been to Vegas. I will be if I go to Vegas, man, I'm, I'm going to the table, man, and I'm putting it all on, on my favorite color. And I might <laughs> steal your chips. I don't know any chips I can get my hands on. And just and just go for, go for broke. Go
2: for it. Go big or go home. <laughs> so, folks, that's Derek. Now, John, John why don't, first yes, of all, why don't you both introduce yourselves a little bit? You want
3: to go first, Derek, or what? It doesn't matter. Oh,
2: yeah.
3: Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Okay, well, um, I'm John. Um, I go by uh, JK3 on Twitter. I'm actually the third, so John Cullen the third. I'm putting it all out there to you guys. So, um, but yeah, no huge Jags fan. I'm in the Braves tonight because hopefully we can we can close it out. Um, and and at the start of this podcast, we had a 3-1 bomb that landed in Oklahoma from uh from Houston, Texas. So Houston does. Right now, And so, uh, you know, hopefully my boys can bring it back. But, uh, yeah, huge Jags fan and, um, you know, likely uh, will get some smack talk to me after this uh, this, this podcast. I, I love it. But I um, appreciate you guys having us on and love talking uh, to Drew, Chris, uh, about chips and salsa, uh, guac, all things food. So, yeah, I love it, man. Thank you.
4: Yep. Derek here. uh I, I have a Twitter account, but I don't really use it. I let, uh, I let J3 and Corey do most of the trash talking online. Uh, just, you know, not a lifelong Jag fan, I'll say that. I, I love my home team, but, you know, I'm old enough to say that I was at another team before the Jags actually existed, so I can I can get away with it a little bit. <laughs> um, but, you, you know, I, I love our team. I, I love our city. Uh, I'm not too fond of our coach, but we could probably get into that for a minute. course oh, we, we
2: will. Oh, we're we get going talking.
4: to. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to quit on him. I'm not going to bandw- no bandwagon here, man. We we are. There's a saying down here, Duval till we die. Uh, that's 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 the saying amongst all the fans, and that's what we're. I'm about, we're, I'm about we're here. dead. I'm about yeah, dead. Yeah, I'm we're we a life, <laughs> life support. We're a life support. So was it for if was it wasn't for um, England. Uh, we'd be dead, so.
2: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, support. That's actually where I want to start this conversation because before we dive into Bills and Jags talk, J.K. the Third and I have, like, we have a common affliction. And it's something I want to pick your brain about. See, I have this thing where if you open up a bag of chips around me and there's salsa or guac or hummus or anything dippable, I'm liable to eat half that bag. You're the only other person I've ever met who has the same affliction? Now, how do you navigate yeah. that on a day to day basis? Because it's got to be hard, especially. I don't. I don't.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you either you either start it or you stop, man. There's no like I, I grab some. So my favorite supermarket here in Jacksonville, Publix. If you know you're in the South, Publix is a uh, is 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 a whole. It's it's where shopping is a pleasure, as as what they say. Um, Publix is so cool. Now you can go into it and get like your tags for your DMV like, For your car now, so that's why wow. I mean it's a game changer. So they have uh, now that I've got their salsa, it's my favorite salsa, but I mean, chips and salsa, man. Um, it's just like a nervous addiction to me. Like, I'm always eating it. Like, if I'm if I'm like if I if I go to a Mexican restaurant, I have it. Um, I usually get it at the Jags game, I'm just nervously eating away, but it's just one of those things, man. I just love I don't know, it's just it's weird. I love chips and salsas.
2: I was having an argument with my wife the other night after she broke. And here's the thing. I was getting ready for dinner. I broke out chips and salsa. She said something to me. It escalated into an actual argument. I feel your pain because I had a whole jar of salsa, a whole bag of chips. And when I was done, I realized I'd eaten half the bag. Half the bag. You just black black, out. (laughs) You you just get like a blackout. Next thing you know, you wake up. And there's crumbs all over the place. And you're going, wait, why do I feel sick? Oh, it's because I ate half a pound of guac and salsa.
3: Or you get the random salsa stain on your shirt. (laughs) You you try so well to position yourself over the bowl. to where you're like, you know that? And you just kind of just get the salsa stain on you.
2: So I feel like you and me need to get together and put together a group chat for fellow salsa addicts. Because I feel like together, we can... I feel like together we can save people with our common affliction. I'm not the person you want to save. I'm, I'm the, I'm the, <laughs> I'm, I'm,
3: I'm the encourager. I mean, I mean, look at that. De- so Derek, Derek just got a, a trigger and you know, we were, we've been talking about smoking meat and everything else like that. And he saw some of the stuff that I was making. He's like, dude, his grill was like on the last leg, like the wheel rusted off and everything. <laughs> and I said, Bro, you're gonna get you're gonna catch tetanus. So he's got Traeger now. So going back and forth in the chat about smoking chickens and turkeys yes. and just different food for
2: uh, for Thanksgiving and everything. So it's just into uh, a lot less football and more food now. Hell yeah! Well, I'll tell you what, I look forward to starting. So we gotta get on something here, you John, you and me. We gotta get together on this because I feel like there's yeah, something for there. For sure. For now, sure. Every Bills podcaster is gonna ask questions this week to various outlets regarding the Jaguars and the rookie quarterback, how he looks, his tendencies. And I mean, that's cute. But the reality is that Buffalo has a head coach in Sean McDermott who has just one loss to a quarterback with less than a full year of experience. And there's a reason for that. He and Leslie Frazier do a great job of taking away all of the ancillary weapons a team has and putting the game squarely on that young kid's shoulders. And usually they fail. So with that in mind, I kind of want to take a look around and see who, because you know, that's the guy who on the field is the most easily influenced, the most easily, easily disrupted. So I want to look outside first and build inwards towards the inevitable quarterback questions. First of all, what? Is, I mean, you guys are one in six, that's, that's that's tough. That's tough, and I look at it, and yeah. I have to question, because I, I see the offensive line. And, Derek, I'll start with you. One of the biggest changes for the Bills here in 2021 has been the fact that our defensive line's been getting pressure with just his front four. When I look at your offensive line, you guys, when, I, when you see one in six, every casual fan will throw their hands up and go, oh, this team sucks. Except your pass protection has been top-notch. For a lot of the season, I mean, what what he has a ele- he's taken eleven sacks this year. That offensive line has done a really good job of keeping your rookie quarterback upright. Can we talk about that for a second and just how how this offensive line is built and whether that gives you an advantage or not against Buffalo this weekend?
4: Yeah, there, there's a few different reasons behind that. Um, one is you know. Trevor Lawrence can actually move a little bit. He's very pocket aware. Okay, he knows to step up. He understands he has gotten better from the day he left Clemson to now. Now, granted, I, I don't know how with that slack ass coaching, but <laughs> he's gotten better. So his pocket awareness is is excellent. That's that's one thing. Second thing is he's throwing a lot of incompletions which means he's getting rid of the ball some way somehow he he's not he was holding it the first couple weeks but now he's starting to get rid of it and sometimes the ball's delivered too early or too low or he's trying to you know make something happen so usually what that means is if he's not holding on to the ball and he's not stationary he's going to be kind of tough to get now Cam Robinson is also you know trying to get another contract so his anchors Playing with everything he's got. And then we've got the Pro Bowl guard next to him. Then you got two reserves and center and and right guard. Both starters are out. And the weakness is on the right side. That's where our weakness is. If Buffalo's going to exploit anything, it's Jawan Taylor. Okay. Your defensive end, whoever's lined up.
2: Didn't that guy just get a fat contract a few years ago? Yeah, he's He's a a a rookie. Yeah,
4: 18.
2: Okay. All right.
4: He, PFF, 19, which 19, yeah, 19. PFF had him listed as giving up like 20-some-odd sacks last year. Oh, Even I remember John, John Taylor us, like, It's like 20-something that he was responsible for. <laughs> so it really <laughs> –
2: yeah, <laughs> it's bad. Wow. All right. Well, because when I look at this, I that see – That part there has been worse. Like if I'm looking at this team, John – like, if I'm looking at your offense on paper, I'm saying, okay, you guys haven't done well in a lot of spots. Like, obviously, you're you're 1-6 in six for a reason. And yet, at right. the same time, I look at some of this and I say to myself, I remember watching some of these games. I remember the Bengals game. Like, I, I, I remember that. I watched it. You guys weren't the worst team on the field. Right. Right. You didn't have the worst quarterback on the field. No. You guys were holding court with these guys. And so to know that they're in the upper echelon of the AFC and to see that you guys were able to at least conduct your offense alongside them, I just, I mean, you've got pieces. I think one of the craziest things is that you've got James Robinson. He was He's averaging 5.5 yards per carry. You've managed to keep the young kid upright. the uh, The protection isn't a total liability in the way that you would look at the record. Because we, we joked about it before we brought you guys in. The, yeah. This idea that somehow you guys have kind of skated by because Miami is such a bigger tire fire than you guys. <laughs> if you can imagine that, at both teams being one and six, Miami is the more embarrassing team right now. Their offensive line is way worse right. than what you're putting on the field. I think that that's something that Bills fans need to prepare themselves for. When they say, okay, well, you know, we held them to, we we held the Dolphins to what? We shut them out the first time. We held them to three points in the first quarter. Here's another one win football team from South Florida. This isn't the same animal. And a lot of it has to do with what goes on with the structure of the offense and the way you guys orchestrate it. You guys are almost not just better blocking up front, but you also have better pieces in place. How, what would you say is the state of the offense right now, and how do you think that they'll choose to attack this Buffalo Bills defense, given what they know about the front seven and how well they've played this year?
3: Well, I will say that, um, and you, you, you provided a lot of great points that I want to kind of build on, <clears throat> from a, from an offensive perspective, um, I, I think that the way that the Jags have been stayed in the, this ancient James Robinson, um, top of the league as far as yards per carry, but, you know, where's he at as far as attempts per game? Bottom. Middle towards bottom. They don't yes. run the ball nearly enough. And Derek and I have been, you know, really big proponents of if you set up the run, that's what's going to really set up the pass, and that's what's really going to draw that front eight and really make, you know, Jordan Coyier and a couple of those guys really rethink a couple of things and really just think of maybe second guess. Like, within the NFL – all, all you need is just a, a jab step like this and you're already proactively probably behind the play. And so Jags, what they have been doing, they've been selling out on the run um, and giving Robinson the, the... But then again, once they get him rolling, they put their gas off, they, they take their foot off the gas and they go to some different things that don't necessarily work in the Jaguars' favor. I think a majority of the times, you know, they were to get Trev uh, under, under center And he's never really been an under center, you know, type of quarterback. Um, You know, the the ways that they're successful when they get him in more RPO situations and you get the pocket moving um, where he can make throws on run and he can get out and actually survey the field. That's when he's been really good. Um, There's been a couple of plays where he's the pocket's been clean around him and he steps up in the pocket and he throws. So he's not going to be a statue guy back there. But then another thing that's contributed to one and six is that this team has had the drops and they have had some bad drops. And some really like drive, third down, second and short, you know, just momentum killing drops. And then, you know, you throw in the occasional, you know, holding on first and 10. Now it's first and 20. Now you got to hold the climb out of. Um, Couple that with a couple of coaching blunders, and you got a one in this team. And you got a defense that can't stop, you know, that that can't stop any. Like, Talk about the 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 Jaguars and the Dolphins game. Look at the stats for Gasecki. is killing a tire first, and I don't understand why Brian Flores, you know, and why they went away with it. Um, Dalton Knox, I believe, is is your for for yep. correct? Yep, Dolphin start him Knox. in fantasy. Yep. Start him. Start him. <laughs> if you if anyone has anything, I mean, if you can put him as a flex and then start another tight end, <laughs> like if your your fantasy football team is on the cusp. Of like, if you need to get over that hump, the game because the jag- the defense is just pass defensive wise. Our second our our second corner has had seventy eight passes completed against him. passes completed against him. Or excuse me, seventy eight percent. Apologize, seventy eight percent of the passes thrown his way have been completed. The guys had three pass breakups, and this is a second round third. Uh, thirty third pick in the second round.
2: Jesus, and this is the thing. Like you said, something you said a couple interesting things in there that I want to respond to. The first one that stands out to me is when you talk about how when they give Trevor Lawrence the ability to kind of play like the mobile quarterback, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it from the shotgun. I'm gonna manipulate the pocket. I can roll out when I see pressure coming. He does a lot better. I go back to that Cincinnati game because I watched the whole thing from start to finish and I couldn't understand what the hell I was watching. Because I saw a team take a 14-0 lead and then piss it all away. Their offense just evaporated in that second half. And a lot of that had to do with this idea, to your point, that they said, okay, let's get conservative, let's run clock, let's see what we can do. And they took the most important player on the field for your team out of his element. Yeah. Josh Allen, with his mobility, our offensive line sucks. That's one of those things where you guys should be looking your chops because our offensive line is not great when it comes to getting a push in the run game, and our guards have really struggled in pass protection. But Josh Allen is so mobile that it doesn't matter because you can't touch him. He's what, the eighth least sack quarterback? I think he's the eighth in terms of quarterback sacks taken, he's number eight. Out of the entire when you do of touch
3: time. him, and when you do touch him, you got to bring your lunch pail and work boots because you're going to be able to bring him down with just a handle yes. he's not going down.
2: and that's it. He doesn't <laughs> go down at that first contact because he's a horse. Yeah. He's a Clydesdale when everybody else is just trying to tackle him ponies. So right. where you end up is I see some of this with Trevor Lawrence, though, where when he has the ability to move around, it's actually to your offense is like it's, it's a benefit to your offense. Because he can stay on his feet. He can stay away from the pressure. He can navigate the pocket and roll out if he has to and still find targets downfield. (coughs) The second that you make him an under-the-center quarterback, he's out of his comfort zone. That, to me, speaks to coaching. (laughs) That's just a coaching... (laughs) That's a massive problem with the coaching. Now, before we... I, I already see Derek shaking his head. Now, before we go in on that, the wide receiver group... I can already tell you, LaVisca shenault he's killing my fantasy team right now. I, he was a guy that I drafted too high. It's my fault, not his. The injury to DJ Chark definitely hurts. So you guys are coming into this game with a wide receiver core that's not exactly explosive. I mean, on paper, it's a two-pony yeah. show now. It's Laviska Shenault, Marvin Jones, and you have some other guys, but none of them have really stepped forward. And I don't think that's enough to challenge our secondary. Who, how do you expect the, them to orchestrate that on offense?
3: The way, the way, the way that they <coughs> so Lavishka needs to be used as a Cordero Patterson. He needs to be lined up in different formations. He needs to be lined up all the place, and you need to really be able to um, mismatch this guy. He's not a burner. He's not going to be someone that you know. Uh, I mean, a slant, yeah, he may be able to get an out, yeah, but the way that you really get the uh going as you get him mixed matches and you get him into space where he can take the ball and where he can just you know just just make people, run people over, bring him down or, or try to make him bring him down. Marvin Jones, I would say, will be your possession receiver, uh, someone who's going to be where he needs to be and you know go ahead those those catches that he needs to. But the other piece that's been emerging that that's come up we we got within a trade when we traded uh, C.J. Henderson to um, the Panthers is Dan Arnold. Um, That time, you know, he's he's come up and made some some decent plays, uh, you know, some some reliable catches, but uh, it's just things where the Jags right now they're not built to take to take the top of an offense or off the defense. Well, and Um, it's the offense runs.
2: Well, it's funny you say that because I'm looking at Mac Jones who is literally being coddled by his offensive coordinator, and then I'm looking at Trevor Lawrence who has five touchdowns of more than twenty yards (laughs) downfield. yeah, so he. You're, you're telling me that this offense isn't built to be a deep passing offense, and yet I'm watching a young rookie quarterback excel in that regard in a way that I don't know a rookie is right now in the NFL. That's surprising to me.
3: If you look at last, if and, and I think that those those plays and those those plays that are happened, they've been there are not there seldom. Okay. It's not a thing to see, it, see it happen. It's there. But it's not there as regularly as you would want to it. and it's not there, um, you know. For for and then those those touchdowns and those you're talking about, him being able to make the plays and make those touchdowns, some have been in garbage time.
2: Okay, and that makes sense. So if because you want, I'm, some, I'm, well, I'm if looking. If you want to count them, you can. Mm-hmm. Well, and to to what Derek's saying, I mean, some of this is coaching. I mean, when you look at the most frequently targeted players in the Jacksonville roster. I see that a lot of them outside of, outside of Marvin Jones. There isn't anyone who has more than 15 targets with an average depth of target of more than 7 yards, which means that a lot of what you guys are trying to do is just short stuff inside the box, and that's a problem, right? Like, that's a real problem when it comes to what this, what this team is constructed to be and how they're going to match up against the Buffalo Bills. So I want to turn this around now. Let's talk about the philosophy <laughs> because... I mean, this is where I'd be trying to break down specific players or systems that you guys might run on defense or who the Bills can target. But I want to talk about this aspect of it. The Jaguars have one win in 2021, a last second come from behind win in London against the Dolphins. And the Dolphins, that was an ill advised fourth down rushing attempt. Like, they should. Derek, should the Dolphins have tried to run for one yard out of the shotgun?
4: No, no, no. And, and and I'll tell you, you're, you're looking at this too hard. Just got to sit back and think about this. All all of Jacksonville and Duval fans, we already know this. JK Three and I we talk about this. You know who our, uh, you like you when you look at our coach staff and some of the decisions they've made and some of the decisions that have been made against them. Our OC is the Seattle OC that didn't run John Lynch on that. First, the uh, uh, one-yard play in the Super Bowl. That's Roc. End of story. There's nothing else to look at. There's nothing else to. Get. There's nothing else to talk about. You have probably one of the meanest running backs to not play in the last 20 years. <laughs> and you knew if he was going to that yard, and he didn't even get a chance. Oh. So now he runs our offense.
2: Jesus. So
4: just just stop there. We don't need to discuss it anymore. That is what. That is what Jaguar fans have to look forward
3: to every Sunday,
2: <sighs> John. that has to be a morale he, killer, right? You keep referencing,
3: you keep referencing that, that Cincinnati game. In that Cincinnati game, he Bevel had a situation to where the boards you score going into the the, 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 the the halftime, he decided to go horizontal with her and run, a, you know, uh, like a speed option when you got James Robinson, the guy who does not take backwards, He does not fall backwards at all. Any, he barely takes any, any losses as a, as you know for, for for a running back. He doesn't he gets hit, he goes forward. It's always positive or no really negative yards. And you know, you've got an opportunity of taking the points, which what I said, but you know, if you're gonna run that play, you don't run a, a speed option. You know, with your quarterback, you take, you bring in your heavy, you bring in your jumbo set, bring in some hogs, bring in a fullback, and you take your running back and you run him through and get that first hard to get that hard to get the touchdown and build that momentum. That's what you do. They get too cute. And they're the thing about it. And one of the things that they have leading up to the Miami game, they started to do things normal. And by normal, I mean, not trying, like not drop Josh Allen, our defensive, uh, our defensive end like dropping him into coverage, but actually, hey, let's just have him solely run after the quarterback and try to get some Wow. Okay. Let's, yeah, let, let, let's actually run that. Let's see. Let, let's, let's let Trevor throw the ball because he is a rookie, still adjusting to the league. Let's give him a pitch count to where he only throws maybe 22, 25 times a game, but then we're going to increase that touches to James Robinson and really offense through him and see what happens. They've been in close games when that happened. You got to look at Arizona. You got to look at Cincinnati. got to look at Miami. And then you also have to look at... Um, Even the t- game was Tennessee. going well
4: until they stopped. Yeah. If you, if you look at the Tennessee game, it, it stopped. And see, I'll tell you, this this scares me playing Buffalo because Buffalo is a lunch-pail, blue-collar type of team. Outside of Stephen Diggs, which, you know, he can really run his mouth and get animated, the rest of those guys just... Do job, and that scares me against a coaching staff that is trying to prepa- prepare their players to run and fit into a specific system, instead of him trying to fit with what he has. Playing a team like Buffalo scares the crap out of me. No, so and I, I just I, it, it's, uh, it it really does.
2: No, and that's one of the things that we have going for us is that we genuinely do just everybody has their nose to the grindstone for 60 minutes and it's the reason that Miami gave us the best game they've given us in three years for, for 30 minutes <laughs> and, that,
4: <laughs> and that wasn't and then, enough and then your t- and then they got out in the locker room I bet and then started doing their job and you see what happened
2: <laughs> well you saw you saw guys who hadn't really been featured in the offense in that first half Cole Beasley. They said, hey, listen, Cole, guess what? You're, you're my man now. They're taking away this. That's fine. Stefan is more than happy being a decoy for most plays. Emmanuel Sanders, every time we try to throw to you, you're double covered. You're covered. We can't get the ball to you. Just keep grinding because you're going to be the reason everybody else prospers. And they have no problem with it. They all go to work, and it works so well as a unit that you, you see what the result is. Yeah, the, I mean, the, I mean
3: it, it also helps to having Rachel Bush in the crowd, too. <laughs> um,
2: I mean, that also I mean, helps. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If I knew she was up there blowing me kisses, I mean, that's right. I'd play some inspired football, too. Here's what I see. I see a Jaguars team that you guys, you had multiple games against competitive, highly competitive football teams. Where you were leading at least at some point in the football game. So you're not slouches. And yet, at the same time, I don't get it. You guys get up for upper echelon competition and then you fade really badly over the course of 60 minutes. I have no choice but to believe that that's related to coaching. And this is what I think when I see your sideline, I'm a, I'm a petty motherfucker. I see Urban Meyer (laughs) standing on the sideline who looks like a dad whose son just backed the car into the garage door in the driveway. Like, that's what he looks like in the fourth quarter of your games. It's like he can't believe what he's seeing, and yet he probably knows deep down that some of it's his fault. Like, I probably, (laughs) some of this is probably because I didn't take care of my business. There's almost like a desperation to it. When you see this, and you see the coaching that this team is getting, and the way that it's getting to one and six, the way that you've gotten here, and now how you're expected to get up against one of the better teams in the AFC again this week, what is your synopsis of the coaching? I mean, Lord knows you guys didn't love Doug Marone, or did you? I mean, that baloney no, son of a bitch. No, I mean, no, he was. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Yeah, no, hold
3: on.
4: Hey, yeah. hey no. we, we love we Doug. Love was my guys. guy. Oh, of my course guy. he was. So, Dougie Fresh was good. It was Cough, Coughlin and especially uh, Pipsqueak Caldwell that we did not like um, because they would make Doug do those interviews, man, and you could tell he had to give certain answers. He had to get up in front of the camera at the worst times and, and come up with bull that we knew was bull. So, the time that comes up. We we always mention the Jalen Ramsey situation. Jalen Ramsey is a, a pompous little prick. He is. Yep. He really is. He's pompous. He's selfish. He is. But guess what? In that situation, he's right. Okay. He just came off the way he delivered the message <laughs> was all jacked up, but he was right. So we love we love Doug absolutely, and we
3: hated that it ended like that. We I, a lot of Jacks He really did. The coaching right now. <clears throat> And you know, I, I think that a, a lot of it is this is some first year things um, that are they're right now being tried by fire. I think Urban understanding the coaching and the mentality of NFL. I think some of his coaching staff that he has, Charlie Strong, um, a lot of these guys, it's their first year actually at the show, and I think that you know they are being hit with the two by four saw Jim Duggan. In the face <laughs> weekly. No, my and, father and, they, and 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 they don't know and they don't know what to do.
2: My father used to talk all the time. He goes, "In life, you're gonna get a lot. You're gonna learn a lot of lessons." He goes, "Some of them will come and go. You'll forget about them, and some of them are two by four lessons because they're gonna hit yeah. you in the teeth, and you are never gonna forget those." It yeah. seems like your staff. I mean, even from the off season, like when you when you look back at the statements that he made all the way through this off-season process into the regular season, I just kept finding myself going, damn it, Urban, don't say that. You can think it, but don't say it. Don't tell the media that free agency is hard. Don't say that the draft process is tough or that, hey, we used guys' COVID the COVID vaccination thing against them. Don't say that yeah. shit out loud. It might be the truth, but there's... Like you as a coach, you learn how to navigate what to say and what not to say, and it's like he just came out there like a babe in the woods, and his staff is just taking their lumps, and it seems yeah. like there is kind of a rookie vibe amongst even the coaching staff. You're feeling it. Yeah. 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 The biggest thing
4: too is when you look at the the you know this is the NFL. This isn't this isn't Ohio State. This isn't Florida. This isn't the Big Ten or the FCC. This is the NFL. These guys are professionals. So I think a lot of the times what gets left out is what we think, and this is my personal opinion, are the little small pieces of the game, the small, the the, the fine points, the particulars. Those are the things you should be working on in the NFL. The reason why is you look at the, the teams that do the little things right, and I'm not talking about, like blocking and tapping, talking about scheme and understanding and knowing your opponent, those little things. He, he, he hasn't figured that out yet. And I don't know why, because the rest of the fan base, all, you know, 70, 80,000 of us that, you know, every Sunday, it's more than that. I know it is, but I'm just you know throwing a number out there.
0: Uh, over under. Deal with it. You guys, John
4: Rollit. John Rollit. I'm, saying, uh, oh, I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm saying. That it's home watching television. Uh, okay. Andrew is in, in the parking lot watching the game. But my, my point is, working on those little things, you can tell they don't do. You can tell, and in the best example that we can give is the tennis game. When Tennessee's defensive line shifted, we talked about this on a few episodes ago. The line shifted. When I mean shifted, I mean right into the run of play. They knew it was coming before they did, and Trevor was not prepared to handle it. They don't go over red zone. They might be middle of the pack for red zone, but you can tell they're just getting either lucky or, you know, getting you know throwing some back shoulder fades and trying to get lucky because. I don't and how they're even sixty percent in the red zone scoring efficiency, because as soon as they get inside the ten, look at it. Look at Cincinnati. Look at Tennessee. Yep. Look at that good flea play they tried to run. Although that's not red zone that they tried to run against Arizona. Just some of the dumbest breakdowns of little things where you're like, don't do that. <laughs> they had Arizona, oops, Arizona, what to do? What they ran a. He'll go back on us! They, they, they came out the field and scored, and they, we, Arizona was, you
3: know, what? Oh, the, the Arizona what? was the the craziest thing because, like, on and if you could imagine this, um, on your own thirty five yard line, you doing a uh, a flea flicker <laughs> on your own five yard line. No, I can't. And so, so they so they say that, but then you know when it, when it comes to you know crucial situations. Of like fourth and ones or fourth and goals to go and things like, you know, it's like, well, well, why we'll can't you run a quarterback? Well, Trevor's, you know, he's not really. We, we haven't put the quarterback sneak in yet. It's like, so you got this flea flicker trick play on your thirty-five yard line installed, but you don't have a quarterback sneak, or you know, in, installed where you you can comfortably run this, you know. So I mean, that that's the thing, man. You know, there's some some things that are missing, some key pieces. Um, you know, some key. Uh, Things about running James Robinson and having that offense run through him. I think the DJ chart thing definitely hurt. Travis Etienne being out, you know, definitely hurt as well. Well, Wait, 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 wait,
2: wait, wait, but didn't you guys draft him to be a wide receiver? We drafted Etienne.
3: We we drafted (laughs) Etienne uh, after we had the running back that that put up the most, uh, you know, rushing yards. Uh, as an undrafted free agent, so we drafted another running back after that because I guess James Robinson didn't do another didn't do that stellar job. But anyways, so, yeah, <laughs> ETN, so Etn gets drafted. Uh, you know, he gets hurt. Um, but then you get some bright spots like Jamal Agnew, who ha- who has come out. And I think as far as being a speedster, um, and I think as far as being able to um, you know create a little bit of of something to worry about if there's a mismatch with him. Uh, It's there. James Robinson is day to day. Uh, Again, you know, that would be that's going to be great in the tackles and in between the tackles, seeing, you know, your your front eight versus our front eight. Um, I don't really think that, you know, as far as the secondary goes, I don't think our secondary is going to give Josh Allen, you know, it's not going to keep him up at night at all. Just because, uh, you know, you stay away from Shaquem Griffin. You know, you should be good Uh, safety help over the top. I don't see it being an issue at all. I think uh, I I I laughing
2: as you say that.
3: Yeah, no, because it, it's so, true, because there's the one in particular true. like Jake,
4: uh, our free safety is OK, man, but our strong safety. Go ahead, Jake. I'm sorry for interrupting you, but oh, my gosh, bro. like, bruh, like, what's the mean that all the kids are saying, bruh? Like, that's what? Yeah, yeah. East he's wing guard. Just, just look. Just, you'll see on Sunday. He's gonna. Your tight end's gonna make him look second, not even second rate, like fifth rate.
2: Which is hysterical new because Andrew Wingard is a guy that Bills fans had a huge pre-draft crush on. Huge pre-draft crush on. They were they drunk?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was he? Was he the? Was he the, Was he the chick at, at, at the club where you know you saw the long blonde hair and the lights came on and you were like, "Yo, why didn't y'all save
2: me?" <laughs> 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 no, it must be, but I'll tell you what, man. I, I just love that you guys are willing to come on here and talk this openly about your football team with us. I genuinely, like, I remember the year talking to you guys when your team was good, and then you guys beat us in that playoff game. <laughs> and I'll never, like, there was a part of me that was like, I'll never forgive them for it. I'll see them in hell. Yeah. And yet, at the same time, I think we're, we've both been living in the same football purgatory. Forever. Oh, for sure. Like, you guys went to the AFC. This is the common line we have. You had your time in the sun. You had your year. Doug Marone takes you guys to the AFC title game, and you fall just short. And you haven't been back since. The Bills fall just short of the AFC title game last year. I feel like there's a lot of similarities between us as a fan base. Maybe not in terms of us as the product on the field. Because right now, the Bills are a very different team from what your one in six Jaguars are. For but the, sure. But the passion is still there. You still love your team the same amount you did then. <laughs> and uh, it, and, oh, I mean, yeah.
3: regardless of that, and I tell people all the time, like, we can talk shit about the Jags you can't. Like, yes, <laughs> and that's exactly. the difference about it. That's the thing about, you know, the, the Jags to us are like family. You know, it's something that we have to get ourselves up to go see. And, of course, we're angry and everything else like that, but we're still supporting. I'm going – I'm going to LA to watch them play the Rams. Um, you know, it's so far as a, as a stadium that I've always, I I've, since it's been built, I, I have to go see it. Um, and for me, it's like you know, people can talk shit about the Jags, but you know that. And if you're a Jags fan, you know we kind of get that same like you know sentiment of making fun, but it's the outside, and you can bet your ass like on on Sunday. I'm telling my 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 old neighbors who I've told you, I think I've told you guys about, yep. huge Buffalo Bills fans. We'll be at the game, and it's going to be war. Like, we're going to be drinking. We're going to be talking shit. Uh, and, again, on my way into the stadium, again, I will make fun of every Bills fan that's wearing Zubas. Yes. I will make fun of someone wearing their dad's Bruce Smith jersey. Yes. that is That, that the, 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 the jersey stuff is fading off of. And if, if if you know, the whiskey gets flowing, I may throw a Jim Kelly, you know, thing out there because the Jags was the last team to, to, to really – uh, take him off the field,
2: Chris. What did I open the that. show with? Did I not open <laughs> the show with that? I told you there's a reason that I hate this team the way I hate the Browns. <laughs> I told you, John. Yeah. This is why I love talking to you guys about football. You guys love yeah. your team the way we do. It isn't working out for you right now. Hopefully, Urban's the thing, but I don't. I, I just he strikes me like, like like Nick Saban did in Miami. This is yeah. where the hubris of coaching college brought you into deep water and you can't swim and there's no floaties uh-uh. out here because those players they lose respect real quickly for somebody who seems like they're ill-equipped for their job. Especially and I think p- the biggest thing too, the biggest thing
3: too with like NFL and college players, like NFL players, they have made it. They're at the pinnacle. Yes, like it's a goal for them. they're the the one percent of the one percent you know they're getting paid to live out their life long and the rain. And you've got to be something special to motivate a multi-million dollar person to do something. You have got to be a special person and you have to have a special team and a special thing built around it. So for them to understand that it's bigger than them. Yep. Once you hit that light bulb to where everybody who's making, you know, tons of millions of dollars and everything else like that. And once they get their goal focused on that Lombardi, that's how you click it. And that's what's happening right now in Buffalo. Everybody has got their, they, they they got their mindset on the Lombardi. And you know that, you know, with your team, you have, every team has an expiration date. It's only going to be so good, maybe two, three more years. You got to get the shit done in three years. Yep. Look at Kansas City. Yep. Just look at Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Like if, if last night didn't tell you anything about the clock expiring, they brought back the same team.
2: Yep. And look at them now. No, and that's it. And I'll tell you what, you can tell based on the urgency that our guys play with week to week to week. Even when shit doesn't go well out of the gate, they scrap and they claw and they fight because they know that that window, yeah, it's small and it closes. And when it does, it's bitter. It's bitter and it hurts. And it's just (laughs) the end of it. So with that in mind, it's crazy to think that you guys were just there at the pinnacle a few years ago, and now you're here at this place, coaching changes, whole roster's been turned over, and now you're rebuilding again, and you're hoping this is the right one. I'll tell you this, I hope it works, I like, I, I love you guys, so I hope it works well for you outside of this weekend. <laughs> I hope this weekend, <laughs> I hope this weekend it goes really, really poorly, and then from there you guys start building it up. I just I I like the bones of what you're trying to do. I just think you got the wrong guy running it. And I think that you guys as fans you don't it, get held accountable. There will be accountability eventually. For sure. <laughs> but uh, I'll t- I'll
4: tell you this. I'll tell you this. If we win, we'll do an instant reaction. Yes. In whatever current condition you're in.
2: Yes. Oh okay. no. You we
4: <laughs> Chris Chris both of, that's both of you. That's both you drew and, and JK, both of you. Me and oh, Joe yeah, will no, do an I, interesting I, reaction. You know <laughs> what?
3: It, it's I, I think the bigger thing is in the bigger picture is, you know, you mentioned about you know us do you, you, the the Bills coming down and you know, you hope them win. And of course every team wants their team to win. But the reality of the situation is is that Buffalo cannot lose another AFC game. Yes. That, that's the reality of the situation. And, and the reason why I say that is because every team, and, and I think you guys know this well, you guys want people to come up to Buffalo late January, late February, or late January, early February, yep. freeze their asses off and get you know hit and keep getting hit, keep getting hit. And eventually, you know what, man? I would want to be in Cabo versus being in Buffalo. <laughs> but if <laughs> Buffalo has to take the show on the road and you've got to go to you know, in L.A., or you've got to go to somewhere less cold, or if you got to go to a neutral site or where the, where the dome, where Dome Sweet Dome or something like that, it's even. And you want that that advantage as much as you can. So, um, you know, for for the sake of it, if, if Jacksonville does, you know, if they do the unthinkable, um, I had a bet. I made a drunken bet last year with my neighbor for 150 bucks. <laughs> I have since recanted and said, look, I'll give me I'll give you 75 and
2: we'll call it even, right? (laughs) (laughs) I've settled with her. her. I love how you you bargained him down and he allowed it because he's a bills fan. He's just like, no, it's cool. It's fine. I'll let you back that off. No,
3: she she has been been riding my ass for like two weeks. So, of course, (laughs) she's been killing me. She has been killing me and been memeing me to death. And so I'm just taking my lumps and and going. But I I do hope at the end of the day, I do hope that – you know, somehow we do make it competitive. I do hope somehow to see a good football game. And I'm really glad that I get to see this offense, um, you know, in, or, you know, Buffalo's offense in person, because on TV they look electric. So just being able to see it in person, you know, I really am uh, looking forward to it. Cause at the end of the day, I'm a football fan. I mean, you guys got a guy on the, on the, on the team right now. I can throw the ball literally 90 yards if he really wanted to like in one, you know, so, I mean, he's good. You got Stefan, um, the defense is rocking as well, and I hope that Rachel Bush is in the crowd here. Um, but,
2: <laughs> <laughs> My man, I love it. I love you guys. This is it. Derek, where can people find you on Twitter? I know you said you're not that active, but just in case, where can people, if they want to reach out to you, where can they?
4: Uh, T-H-A-D-R-O-C, the D Rock. Um, if I do check it. It, it's very rare. Usually it's because uh, they, they've told me to get on. Um, you know, I just I, I don't I don't pop shit like JK three does. So I just leave it to him. I appreciate uh, no No, you I know what? I
2: can appreciate that, dude. I can appreciate the guy <laughs> who just, hey, I, I like doing a podcast. I like talking shit. I know I have to have him. Chris, we talk about it all the time. We wouldn't have social media at all if it wasn't for this podcast.
1: That's the only reason we have a Twitter is for this podcast. And
2: the day that it ends, I'm going to burn, We're gonna this burn thing. it down. I'm going to burn this thing down scorched earth style. Everybody who ever followed us is going to regret doing it. They're going to be like, oh, my God. <laughs> Inappropriate memes, crash jokes. It's going to be it's going to be the worst. We'll lose all of our followers first and then we'll get kicked off the platform.
3: And that'll be it. That's the way to way to go out in a blaze of, go- a That's blaze it. of glory.
2: I'm going to set a fire that they can see from space. Like when I'm done <laughs> with it, because I don't give a shit about social media. Yeah. Now you, John, you use your social your social media is funny because you're not on it very often. But when you are, you're talking about like I'm in the I'm in the school lane dropping my daughter. It's <laughs> some crazy yeah. shit happened.
3: <laughs> yeah, my kids are wild, man. <laughs> 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 so I, I and like. The Anyone yeah, they're They're insane I really wish that I could uh, You know, kind of record them Some of the stuff they say Most of the stuff that I put on there My daughter Penelope, she's been here before She she's like, she like knows way too much For a six-year-old um, You know, a funny thing We were in Publix the other day And we're, we're, we're walking and she's like You're gonna get some beer, Dad? I'm like, yo, shut <laughs> up Like, why are you saying that? <laughs> Why are you saying I'm not gonna get some beer? Like, what is what is wrong with you? Hey,
4: like, she, she's, <laughs> hey, you gotta respect her gangster too. Now, oh <laughs> yeah, we were on like a video call or something. Like, we were on something like this about to record. She showed up on the screen. She's like, who you? <laughs> who <are> you? <laughs> what do you be? Who be? Who be? Yeah, who be? Like, what you talking? about? <laughs> you gotta respect that little girl's gangster. Yeah, man. <laughs> but no, you
3: guys can find me. Um, if if any any Bills fans that you guys are coming down, um you know for the game on sunday uh, there's a really nice area in jacksonville called Moncrief. Uh, you should definitely go eat eat out there Eat at stop a restaurant stop it stop <laughs> it no i'm just joking any bills fans no i, I think it's going to be uh, an, an awesome game an awesome atmosphere um i think it's going to be hostile just because of the history between the teams um as well but um no it, it'll it'll I'll, i will definitely send you guys some tweets send you guys some pics of some stuff from Sunday here Hell on the ground. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're going to get a couple Bills fans to do, you know, a couple beer bongs with us and everything else like that shotgun, a couple of beers. Um, and, you know, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, something that's fun, but you guys can find me on Twitter at uh, JK the third. If you're in Jacksonville or if you're tailgating, you know, we're, we're going to be in tailgaters a uh, lot. So I think a majority of uh, the Bills fans are either going to be in uh tailgaters a lot or a lot X. Um, yeah. Just pick up the tables. That's all we have.
1: Down by the bank, you can find their podcast account at down by the bank on Twitter. And then through there, you can go to all their personal accounts.
2: (sighs) I still think me and JK need to get together and make this uh, salsa and chips and guac group. Like, like everyone needs a little bit of help, Chris. I know I'm one of them. We need to make it happen. And here's what the bills need to make happen this weekend is we get into our keys to victory. Wow, it's a lot of keys. Bigger the keychain, more powerful the man. First of all, the Bills need to target the middle. Of, I can't even say it. I mean, it, it, I sound like a broken fucking record. We faced an entire season's worth of teams. I mean, that's at least what it feels like. Who have absolutely awful coverage abilities in the middle of the field? The Jaguars aren't a departure from that. Look at this from their linebackers, Miles Jack leads the team in QBR allowed, 94 yards after the catch, 148 total and two touchdowns in coverage. Damian Wilson, one touchdown, over 100 air yards allowed, illustrating that he just loses guys if pressure doesn't manifest itself. Chase on and Josh Allen, who are more outside linebacker types, they, they bring them on the pass rush a lot. They're rush linebackers. They're not in coverage often, but when they do... Their numbers are pretty embarrassing. 5 of 7 for 73 yards and a touchdown. They can't patrol the flats well. Now, some of this isn't exactly their fault. Their scheme isn't working, and there isn't a lot for them to work with in terms of talent in front of them, or the protection behind them in the secondary. I mean, safety Rayshon Jenkins is second on the team in yardage allowed, most of which comes from him giving up 118 yards after the catch, illustrating that they're either using him too aggressively pre-snap and then trusting that his athleticism will let him drop. Hey, Chris, think about how Poyer and Hyde pre-snap can drop into the box and then go play the deep halves of the field. It's almost like the Jaguars are trying to do that, but they can't. <laughs> they're just not pulling it off well. it it might be one of the most undervalued things in terms of their ability. And neither one of them has allowed more than 30 yards. Like, think about this. They haven't allowed more than 30 yards after the catch this year. One safety from Jacksonville has over 118. That just tells you he gets lost. He just doesn't diagnose and react well. There's going to be meat on the bone for the Buffalo Bills. The soup du jour on these guys for the Bills is going to be... A familiar recipe for Dable. Survive the initial rush, deliver in the middle of the field, where thanks to the fact that we have multiple quality targets, they're already beleaguered linebackers and safeties are going to have to make hard choices. And they're going to leave Allen with room to operate. Considering how much we run out of three and four wide receiver sets, it should be really easy for this team to rule the day in that regard. You're talking about a team that has a Cole Beasley, who... Showed in the second half last week why you have to have quality coverage outside, or else he'll. Get, and even when you do, he'll get loose. Like you focus on them, okay? We'll just go to the next most potent guy on our team. Oh, he's capable of hundred yard games too. If you focus on him, you put your safeties and linebackers and everybody else. That's fine, but that means that you're leaving. What Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders? Those guys will eat you alive. Your outside cornerback production is terrible. The Bills are going to have their choices as to how to attack this. And one of the sneaky places I see it is that last week, the the running backs had a really rough week. Singletary in the Flats could really eat this game. This could be another game, kind of like that first game against Miami, where he makes a splash play or two. I think they need to give him a couple cracks at that. Chris, how do you feel about Singletary so far this year?
1: I mean, I don't think he's going to get re-signed. I think he just recycled running backs through the draft now.
2: Okay, but what do you think about his play this year? Meh. Meh? It's like looking
1: in your face. Meh.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I just, I look at it, I say to myself, he's the more elusive guy in the field with the football in his hands than Zach Moss is at this point. This is a game where you spread them out. There's guys giving up yards after the catch all over their defense. That's going to be one of the keys to victory is just navigating that first wave of pressure and victimizing the middle and second tier of their defense. It's just right there. You're going to make hay because everyone has done it. And if Chris, we're one of the better, one of the better offenses in the NFL, I have to believe we can do that. The other key to the game, control the linebacker pressure. The Jaguars' defensive line isn't anything to write home about. But on the whole, their defense is in the bottom of the NFL in terms of pressure generated. And when you look at the distribution of the passes that they do get, you see something interesting. They often blitz their linebackers. And yet for all their trouble, there's no production there. They have 28 pressures between Jack, Chasen, and Allen. Just five hurries, three and a half sacks. Their defensive ends get a decent amount of pressure. But beyond the starting two, they don't have the ability to rotate. Just to put nobody else has any production. I mean, put that into perspective. The Buffalo Bills have five defensive linemen who lead the team in pressures. Jacksonville has to mix their linebackers in on blitzes in order to augment that production that the Bills get just by playing the front four. It actually makes a lot of sense and it explains why the remaining linebackers are probably exposed so often, giving up yards after the catch. In any event, controlling that aspect of this game, the timing of the linebacker rushes and the pressure that they're that they're going to attempt to bring because their defensive line can't get on its own, that's going to be key. And then the, I, I want to say that there's a third key here, and it's literally just going to be that McDermott has to come out. Him and Fraser have to get together and put together a plan for dealing with another rookie quarterback. Now, Chris, at this point... He has one loss to a quarterback with less than a full year of NFL experience. Not going to be this week. What, is it 8-1 and one now? Something like leave. that. He's bordering on 9-1. and one. I think the thing is that this team does such a, such a great job of taking away all of your other weapons and making the quarterback win the game on his own. Most rookies aren't prepared for that. You could argue that for as good as Trevor Lawrence is, all the things he does well, all the things we talked about tonight, he still doesn't do do enough to put the team on his shoulders. The same way Josh Allen didn't do enough to put the team on his shoulders, his rookie season. And look at him now. There's a growth process, and they're simply at the wrong side of it. I just, I firmly believe that in all phases of this, we are well-equipped to take away everything that they want to do well and even if they have a good half just like the Miami Dolphins did last year we're also the better coached team as we talked about with the guys from down of the bank and we're just the best equipped to take another AFC victory chris i can't i can't wait to see how it plays out thank you to the guys for showing up tonight but we got to get the hell out of here i'm Drew Gear that's chris kruger this has been your Weeknight Preview. Before we get out of here tonight, I, I want to tell you guys about a company that they're kind of close to me. I, I've, <laughs> I, I'm a patron. I want you guys to get to know them. If you're like me, you're probably a drinker. You probably party pretty hard for Bills games. If you go to the stadium and you're out there with me, you probably come home when you're pretty tired. And if you have kids, you probably run into days where you don't know. Hey, we need dinner on the fly. I'm not sure what to do. Let La Via Italia be the answer for that. They've been around for 50 years. They're a company most people don't even, I don't want to say most people don't know about, but they're a company that's been around for a very long time, based out of Eden, New York, now established in Hamburg. When you think about what pizza costs, right, you think about frozen pizza. You're used to DiGiorno, you're used to things packed full of preservatives. What if you could get buffalo pizza, handmade, flash frozen, and delivered to your doorstep? Whether it's shipped to you or whether it's literally delivered to your doorstep via truck. And what if I told you that it was half the price of a standard large cheese and pepperoni? Right now, you can get a two pack of large cheese and pepperonis from La Via Italia for $19. I love it because it gives me something that I can throw in the oven and not have to fight with some guy on Grubhub or worry about some sloppy teenager knocking over its way to my house, I don't have to talk to anybody. I can just get fresh, fresh pizza made the way Buffalonians like it, delivered directly to my home. LaviaItalia.net, L-A-V-I-A-I-T-A-L-I-A.net, again, Lavia Italia. We're going to link it in the show's description. I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. They are the official post-game pizza of the Rockpile Report.